Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. As we're doing this whole um, relationship term, uh, I thought let's have a funny, funny story about a couple celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Here we go. I heard about this country couple who were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. They had never had an argument. Not one. Now, someone asked them the secret of their success. The husband explained that when they were leaving the church on the, to go to, on their honeymoon, the wife's horse refused to go. So she got off, looked the horse in the eyes, and said, that's one. They went a little bit further, the horse, and the horse stopped again. She got off again, looked the horse in the eyes, and said, that's two. Went a little further, and the horse stopped again. She got off, took her revolver, and shot the horse dead. The husband said, what in the world are you doing? You can't just shoot an animal. She looked in his eyes and said, honey, that's one. I guess it's one way to deal with, hey? It's terrible. Don't do that. Keep your love on. It's terrible. Come on. I want to pray. Father, thank you for your presence here with us. You're so awesome. You're so wonderful. Thank you, Lord, that we can laugh and joke, Lord, because, Jesus, you were the funniest guy ever. You, were, you had the most joy. You were anointed with the oil of joy. Father, some of us would need to be, would like to be, Lord, anointed with the same oil of joy in our lives. Father, we thank you for your manifest presence here with us. We just want to see you today, Lord. We want to, we want to see you with all our senses. We want to hear you. We want to taste you. We want to know you. We want to feel you. Presence, Lord. We pray you make us stronger today. We get a heart ready to receive your word. You're so good, Lord. You're so good in our lives. And we can't wait, Lord what you're about to do right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. I'll read you a scripture in Matthew 18. We're going to read all together. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus speaking. We're all going to say it together. Let's, here we go. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit... And declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done by them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered Drawn together as my followers in and into my name, there I am in the midst of them. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. What, what an incredible, powerful statement Jesus is making right here. What an incredible promise he makes right here in Matthew 18. I guess if we would really understand this in our lives, it would affect every part of our lives. Whatever you forbid 
and declared to be improper and lawful on earth, we can speak to it. We can forbid these things. What you have permitted, whatever you permit and declare, what's already permitted in heaven. So Jesus is not permitting. He is not forbidding. It is us. He says, you have the power to do this. We can forbid and declare what should not be in the earth, what should not be in our lives. You're very quiet today already, guys. Come on. I want to hard work. I've been sick, so please give me a bit of help. There's still weeks. So it's coming right, but I'm just like... It's us. We are the ones who can permit and declare the things that in heaven for that to be in the earth. It is such a powerful declaration what Jesus talked about in the Lord's Prayer about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's amazing. So we have the power to allow the things of heaven into our lives. That is powerful. Come on, let's say it together. We have the power to allow the things of heaven in our lives. And also, we have the authority to stop the things that should not be in our lives. Let's say it together. We have the authority to stop the things that should not be in our lives. Wow, that's wonderful. That's so powerful. Let's have a look at some of the things that we probably would agree on together what is permitted in heaven. You can say yes or who hey or hoorah or whatever you want to do. Do we agree that there's complete physical, mental, and emotional wholeness in heaven? Yeah. Yes. Do we agree that there's complete freedom? Do we agree that there's amazing, abundant joy in heaven? Do we agree that there's fullness of love, perfect love in heaven? Do we agree that there's a peace that surpasses all understanding? Amen. Amen. Do we believe that the devil has been defeated? Yes. Do we believe that Christ reigns and he, has, he is victorious? Yes. Do we believe that God has got a good plan for your life and for this church? Yes. Do you believe that as you or me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Yes. That's true, isn't it? And do we agree that God desires that none would perish, but that all would find eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Now, these are only a few promises, a few things that are established in heaven, a few things that we know from the Bible that God has said. These are things that he has said. Jesus has established these things. And I love this because this year, although we're now doing a relationship series, the whole year is about being established. Remember, we talked about being established. And so now we want to really be established in our relationships, but also in the Word of God. We want to be established in the Word of God. There's so many more things in the Bible that I could mention. The Bible is full of the promises of God. Amen? Full of beautiful, beautiful promises. But we can read them, but never apply them into our lives. It's nice to be on the page. It's nice to be in the Bible. It's got to come into our lives. Amen? Because these promises are ours. Right? They are ours. And so we need to start to come together, like the Scripture says, and harmonize and synchronize together that if it's in heaven, then it also is allowed and we want it to be in our lives. I'm sure that three of you are happy with that. 
It's powerful. It's so powerful. We need to be a people that believe and that agree with the Word of God. I'll say it again. We need to be a people who believe and agree with the Word of God. And we need to start declaring and releasing the Word of God over our lives and into our lives because the Word of God is absolutely powerful. And if it is in heaven, then it should be in my life. It should be in my business. It should be in my workplace. It should be in my family. It should be in my marriage. It should be in my own personal head. Do you like your headspace? Yes, I do. I love <laughs> so his headspace is full of Jesus, which is great. That's probably the best thing ever to have that because if, if there's other things in your headspace, it's going to kind of rip you apart. I'm not going to be very happy for you, you know? So it's very important. Come on, it's all ours. We need to start agreeing with heaven. Come on, we need to learn to agree with heaven. There's such power, power in agreement. Let's all say it together. The next one. That we need to learn the power of agreement. The power of agreement. I'm talking this morning about the power of agreement. And that's why it is so important that we come to church. Because when we walk into these doors, we come here with a sense of a power of agreement. We come to listen to the word of God. We come to worship. We come to praise. We come to hear testimonies. We come to be in his presence, have relationship, and things start happening. Where two or three or three hundred are gathered together, there the great I am is in our midst. Isn't it amazing? Look what it says on the scripture. It says at the end of it, it says, Jesus says, Jesus, I am in the midst of thee. Now here's a play on words. He says, I am in the midst of thee. And there the I am is in the midst of thee. Now, sometimes we come to church and say, okay, another day, another week, another Sunday, and yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, we could pray, worship, and whatever. You know, a little word, a little coffee, lunch. Another day, tomorrow, back to work. You know. The great I am is right here. Now, I think that, be, that, 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 that deserves a bit of honor, respect, praise, right? The great I am. If you're a Christian, he lives inside of you. Now, I know you know this, but the thing is, sometimes we're not aware of this. He's the great I am. He's right here. He's right here. The thing is, what happens when the great I am is here? What starts happening? If we allow him, miracles start happening. Healing starts happening. Provision starts happening. Heaven comes to earth. Heaven comes into our lives. The great I am. I want to acknowledge right now the great I am. Holy Spirit. Jesus, Father God. Jesus, you are the great I am. Right here in the midst of us. There's so much power in agreement. But this is also powerful in the opposite. There's also a lot of power in negativity, if you start agreeing with negativity, when you start agreeing division or with defeat or with the doctor said, although God said something else, but the doctor said, or with unbelief or fear. And the thing is, when we start partnering with those kinds of things in our lives, we start 
we start to reap a harvest of fear and anxiety and division and unbelief and relationships break down and things are happening which are not very nice in our lives. God doesn't want this for our lives. And so my question to you today is what are you agreeing with today? What are you partnering with today? What have you come under in your life that is paralyzing you, that is holding you back? When I was 10 years old, I was, I was sexually abused and things happened in my life and, and some other things that happened after it was really bad. And, and I, because of my own pain and my things in my life, I, I struggled for my whole life, particularly the first 20, 30 years, I really struggled in my life with a lot of self-image and I was, I was very messed up. I mean, as, as, as Christ and as Catherine is my, is my witness, I was very fearful of people. Very fearful of people. I wouldn't even go into a shop and over the counter. I would struggle to even talk to them and to like buy something and just the exchange there. I was just afraid of anybody. Amazing, isn't it? I've come a long way. I've come a long way. <laughs> People think I'm so confident, you know, it's unbelievable, really. It's like this God. He makes me confident. He's changed my life. You know, for so many years, I felt so rejected. I was so much pain in my life, so much disgust in my life, all kinds of things in my life. My self-talk was so bad, I'm just not good enough. And the devil, of course, helps with that. No, he's right, you're not good enough. I felt such an incredible failure, a big loser, a big F. I felt so disqualified, I felt so paralyzed, I felt so disarmed in my life. It was, I'm actually amazed that I'm here. I think if God had not intervened, I don't think I would be here, alive today. It's only because of his amazing love in my life that I started to counter the lies, the lies that the enemy has poured into my life. It was quite a journey, lots of counseling. There's nothing wrong with counseling. If you need help, go have counseling. Because sometimes when things mess you up, you're going to have some counseling, you know. Talk to people about it. Be honest about it. So-so. But also, of course, the love of God, the unconditional love of God, the unconditional grace of God has really started to change my life. It really empowered me in my life. See, I knew that God wanted me to speak from a young age. It's not just because I've had four generations of preachers. It is more, I, was, I knew I was called by God. That I would speak, that my mouth, something, even at my baptism by Bob Fitz. Some of you guys know Bob Fitz. He was here last year. He baptized me in 1982 in Hawaii. It was actually a very bad day in Hawaii. It was actually Hapuna Beach. You know Hapuna Beach. So it was a really bad day. It was a good, good day to die. It was like clouds and really bad and going into the waves. But it's not cold, so that's where you go into Hawaii. Paul was just in Hawaii just now. And so he, he killed me there. It was just awesome. I died. Uh, and it's wonderful. And, um, but he had a picture for me. He had a verse, verse for me. He says, Luke 21. He says, for I, this is God saying to me, I have given you words and wisdom which your enemies cannot resist or contradict. See, I had a destiny, but I didn't see it. I did not see it. I could not see it because of my own pain. And because of disillusionment, I was never good enough. I felt so rejected by myself and by other people. It was so bad. And so then God started to change my life and rewiring me and things started happening in my life. I was so, so grateful what God has done in my life. I'm so grateful, you know. I had agreed with a really bad lie, actually several lies in my life. 
Now, I wonder what you have agreed with today in your life. What is paralyzing you? What is paralyzing you? What is holding you back? What have you partnered with and you know it's tripping you up? You know you're not happy, but it's in your life. I tell you, today we're going to root it out because it is not very helpful in our lives. Amen? I'm going to root some things out in my life, our lives. Some things are just hurting us. Some things are just holding us back in our lives. What are the lies that you have said yes to? It's a good question. I had them. I'm sure you have them too. I think we all have them. Maybe it's a prayer that's not being answered. Then you said, no, God's not going to answer. No, it's a lie. God loves you. He wants to answer your prayers. Maybe you say, I can't beat this addiction. No, you can. God is your strength and he will comfort you and he will strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because maybe you said, God will never provide for me. Always struggling. No, he says in his word that he'll provide for his riches and glory for you. Don't agree with the lies of the enemy. We have to start believing the word of God and start believing, agreeing, and prophesying the word of God because God wants to use you. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free. He's got a purpose, a destiny for each of our lives. And the enemy wants you to, trick, to trip you up, you know, in this whole area. He wants you to keep in that place. He wants you to keep you in that situation right now because it will just be, defeat you. You'll be scared. There's fear in your life, anxiety, all this kind of stuff. It will hold you back. You will never go where you are meant to go. And sometimes God cannot do anything. Now, he'll lead you, he'll lead people around you, but in the end, you've got to say yes or no. You've got to permit or forbid heaven into our lives. We have the power in this way, which is quite scary. We've got to start believing and agreeing with God's word. We've got to start believing and agreeing with his ways. We've got to start believing and agreeing with his promises and his life. And we've got to fall out with partnership with those things that have been tripping us up and say, stop. I will no longer have this stuff in my life. We have the authority. So we've got to start using the authority. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you. We have to stop this stuff. God's promises are amazing. I love this in 2 Corinthians 1. But sure, as surely as God is faithful. Now that is a great word for somebody already. God is faithful. He is faithful to you and to me. You may not see always that God is faithful. But I tell you, I've seen in my life, Catherine and I have seen in our lives with our kids. God is faithful. He can't be unfaithful. He can't go against his character. He's 100% love, 100% faithful, 100% good, 100% everything. He is faithful. Our message to you, as Paul speaking, is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been yes. See, his promises have always been yes. Because we can be established in those things that God has said over our lives. For no matter how many promises God has made, and there's loads of them, read your blimmin' Bible. They're full of promises of God, right? Through him, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice now. For no matter how many promises God's made, they are yes in Christ. And so, through him, the amen is spoken by us. Everybody say by us. Yeah. You got to do something. It is not automatic. Yeah. It is not automatic. Yeah. By us. Remember, we forbid, we permit. Yeah. It's what we can do in our lives. 
spoken to us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes us both to stand firm in Christ. Isn't it wonderful? He makes us to stand firm in Christ, to be established in Christ, to be established in the word of God. I just love it. All the promises of God are yes in Christ, guys. And we say amen. We say yes. We say I agree. I believe. I have faith. I put my faith behind this. If you don't put your faith behind it, nothing is going to happen. I'm really sorry. It's up to you. He's given us, not just like every, he's, he's done a lot of things for us through the cross and everything else, but there's some stuff that we have to do. Some stuff, hey, you're now a son and you're a daughter of God. Now you do what I tell you to do. You are the guys who do this. He's given us dominion. Not his, so yours. He's given it to you. By the way, God is not in control. People say, oh, God is in control. He's not in control. He's not in control. If he wasn't in control, he would be blamed for all the problems in the world. And he is being blamed for all the problems. If God is in control, why would he say that all the people who are hurting, all the people who are starving? Or... He's not in control. He's given control to humanity. It's up to us to do stuff, to change stuff, to change the world, to change the laws, to change stuff in our lives and through our lives and in our government and whatever we do. It's important to get involved. Don't just stand back and do nothing. We need some activists who want to bring heaven to earth. Actually, I want to start a thing. I said it's not really heaven, but it's kind of a little bit heaven. I want to start an activation activation of the power. My power is going to go up again in August. I was rivet with my power company. It's one of the best there is, one of the cheapest ones because I'm pretty Dutch. And I said, listen, I'm a good client of yours. I paid $800 bills on the, in, the, in, the, in the winter. I, I really don't want to pay that much. I want you to give me a discount. I said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's going to go up. I said, you, what do you say? <laughs> I was so mad. I said to my kids at home, I said, I am going to start a rebellion in this nation. And I'm going to start all this all by water. Most of the stuff is natural. It's not even coal much anymore or, or atomic or whatever. It's all natural stuff. Why can't the power be cheaper? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So the thing is, though, you know, maybe I should do something, but I don't have time for it. Maybe somebody here has got nothing to do. Guys, let's start something. Let's keep these guys accountable. The salaries are amazing. I have no problems with big salaries, but the thing is, though, they're, they're, they're ridiculous. Anyway, the thing is, though, they can make that cheaper. I don't want to pay $800 a month for my stupid power. Of course, you're wondering now, what on earth are you doing to have an $800 bill? <laughs> I don't know. I have four teenagers living in my house. Sorry. Are they not teenagers? Young men, sorry, young, young, what? Oh, yeah, one teenager. Oh, yeah, they sound like, well, they feel like teenagers sometimes. Four adults plus us and the rest of the world. Hang-ons. Yeah, and they do, this is train station, our house. And the thing is, though, people sleep everywhere, you know, and they all have showers and two showers and then do this and this. Yeah, I understand why it's so high, but I just, what I'm trying to say is, guys, we can't, we don't have to just accept the status quo. We can change the status quo. The best thing that we've seen in our world, the most changes, whatever it is, slavery or whatever it is, has come to one or two people who would stand up and sometimes they pay their lives for it. I know that. But they stand up and say, I'm not going to take this anymore because I want heaven. I want righteousness to come into this earth, into our lives. Amen? Amen. You know, some of us second guess God. Did he really say? It's just amazing. Who do you think you are? 
I mean, what, who do we think we are to question God? Who do you think you are is the oldest trick in the word. Did you know that? In the book. You don't believe me? Go to Genesis 3. That's pretty, pretty beginning, isn't it? One, two, three. Three. He says to Adam and Eve, when the devil is, is, is questioning, you know, questioning God, did God really say? And then when Jesus is tempted, when he starts his ministry, he's being baptized, goes into the, he's been tempted by the devil, he does the same thing. And then Jesus says, how does he come back to him? It is written. He actually submits himself to the word of God. He agrees that God is speaking and he doesn't second guess God. I suggest that we learn to not second guess God in our lives. That we actually believe him. That we actually trust him in every way. Amen? Trust him. The word of God is so incredibly powerful. That's why it's so important that between your ears that there's a good space, good thinking going on. Because your self-talk is one of the worst things that can let you down. You've got to start believing what God says about you, what you have in Christ, what your task is, what your calling is, everything about you. What he says about you, we believe. And all the other peripheral, all the things that take us down, all the things that nag, all the things that come into the things, we take captive those thoughts. And make them obedient to Christ, to his word, to his life, to his promises in every situation. Amen. Sometimes we go by feeling, but feeling can lie to us. Feelings can lie to us. We don't live by feelings, but we live by the word of God. We don't live by sight, but we live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith and not by sight. There are choices that we have to make every day and they're either going to line up with heaven or they're going to line up with hell, if you like, of the, the other side, opposite. And you have the power to allow these things into your life, you and me. And our whole lives, we will learn to say no and to say yes, to forbid and to permit into our lives. There's so much power. You choose. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it? You and me. It's a bit scary, isn't it? What? Are you telling me that I've got to take responsibility for my thoughts and the things that come into my life? Yes, I say that. And not because I say it, because the Word says it. Yes, we need to take responsibility. Ooh. <laughs> bit tough. I thought Jesus did it all. Oh, yeah, he did a lot of stuff for you. Let's give a lot to you to do too. It's amazing, isn't it? Responsibility in us. God wants us to grow up. He wants us to believe his word. He wants us to act on his word. He wants us to forbid the things that should be forbidden. He wants us to permit the things that should be permitted in your life and in our church and in our city. Come on. It's so important. How long will you agree with your teacher who told you you were no good when you're 10 years old? Some of you are still suffering of that. 
or your boss who says you can never do this, or your friend, or your spouse, or whoever has said whatever into your life. And somehow your whole life you think like that. Hijo, sad, ears down. No, awesome, life's awesome, I'm awesome. No, I'm, nobody, nobody loves me, nobody cares for me. Where does that come from? Somebody has told you that. Somewhere you've come into agreement with that word, right? Wherever it came from, the devil, not from God, the devil, yourself, other people, stop it. Catherine, my beautiful wife, when she was in school, they told her, you are, no, you are not university material. And for decades, she believed that lie. I'm no good. I'm not that smart. Then she goes to university at 41 years old, has a music degree, and then is invited into the Golden Key Society, which is the top 10 of the, of the university. She's very smart. But somehow she... Yeah, very smart. She said, give it to me. Very smart, very beautiful, very awesome, very wise, and very everything. Oh, how much is that? The top 10%. What did I say? Oh, the top 10. Sorry, it's not the top 10. Like of the 50,000, only 10 people go, and you're one of the 10. And you're number, number, probably number three, two, maybe even number one. Anyway, it's the top, the top 10. The top 10 of the students, they're invited to the Golden Key Society. Anybody ever been in the Golden Key Society? Who's smart here? Come on. That's awesome. Bless you. That's cool. That's very cool. Gold skis. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is Catherine agreed with a lie for so many years. Now she's got a beautiful music degree. She does very, very well. We can, our whole life, we can go through life living a lie. Living with lies. Living with things that people have said to us. Somehow we self have said to us, oh, I'm no good. I'm not good enough. Or I can't do this. Or God has told me, but I'm not going to believe it. Did he really say it? All that kind of stuff. What are you believing still? What are you believing? What is holding you back? See, you can agree with negativity. You can agree with negativity. You can agree with gossip. Ooh, I heard about this the other day. Did you hear about this? Yes. Did you? Yes, me too. It's really bad. Gideon, Catherine, yeah. I hear stuff all the time. Stuff behind our backs. Be honest with you now. As God is our witness, this has been a really hard year for us here. Now, it's been a really good year in the sense of lots of growth, and most of you are amazing people. But there's been a few people who started to gossip about us, betray us, behind our backs talking, and we've had to deal with that. We've had to talk to each one of them. And it's been really, really hard because I hate it. I want to be loved and accepted like all of us do. I hate confronting anybody. But we had to somewhere, and I've been praying. That's why I started to pray, Lord, the people who don't belong in this church, please take them out. Because I really don't want to deal with this. Why would you be with here if you start gossiping behind the back, don't liking things, don't like the music, don't like this, don't like your hair, don't like anything? You know, why would you be in this place? Go somewhere else. And I really mean this because I want to be a, a, a church that actually love one another. We are so different. We will never be perfect. Kath and I say in our newcomer style, guys, we will never be perfect. We will disappoint you. Not that we want to, but you have such high expectations probably of whatever we do or whatever expectations you have in life. I will, you will disappoint other people. We will all disappoint other people. But it doesn't give you the right then to start gossiping or taking people out. And then to make it religious, oh, God said to me, you know, one of the, you know what I said. Come on, we can't have this anymore. 
I don't want this anymore. We can't have it. We can't have it. We've got to start celebrating each other. We've got to start celebrating what God is doing in his house. We've got to start celebrating all the testimonies. All the testimonies that go every week we have testimonies. We even send testimonies that we haven't even got on here. You know, out. It's just wonderful what God is doing. Start celebrating with what God is doing. Don't celebrate with, oh, he's not doing this. We should have thousands of people saved by now. Well, whatever. Don't do that. Say what, hey, this is what's God happened. Let's come into agreement with the things that God is doing because that's going to be amazing and it's going to help you feel good and we all feel good and we all have this power and synergy and God loves unity. He loves when we talk good about each other. What? Come on. Let's watch what you say. Let's watch what you hear. Let's watch. And by the way, to come back to that whole thing, if you have a problem with me, it's impossible to think of that, Kevin. But if you have a problem with me, I'm, I'm serious, or what I say, or the way I look, or the way I do, do things, please come to me and say, Gideon, can I talk with you? I, I say it to newcomers every time. We've had so many newcomers come into the church. We are totally transparent. You can ask me anything. And you can talk to our leaders. Any of the leaders will tell you what we are like, what we say, what we do. If you have questions about theology, how we do stuff, no, we're not going to be perfect. I get that. Nobody's perfect. But the thing is that we are trying our best. And we have a big leadership team. And they all have a lot of input. Believe me, our leaders' meetings are very, very fiery. <laughs> they really are. Don't think that we can get away with anything. Serious. We have really good people. And together we come into the wisdom of God. I said, Lord, how are you leading us? It may not be perfect, but we are really trying our best. But if there's something you're concerned about, come, please talk to me. Come talk to Catherine. You know, talk to anybody, Andrew, Rick, anybody. Just come to us and say, listen, what about, what about this? Just talk to us. But don't just stop behind the bed because we cannot have it because you, you represent Christ. Not just to us, but to the world. And people hear about this stuff and then things happen. I, I hear things of divisions in the church and people, there's terrible things happening. In, in churches. Honestly, how can this happen? It makes me so bad. We are so good at shooting, shooting our own people. Friendly fire. Well, it's not in my notes, but I'm just saying it, you know, because I really want to take that, I really want to take that rot out. Because that rot actually undermines the gospel. It undermines what we do as a church. And we cannot afford to have this. We, can, we have to forbid and permit the things of heaven to come into our lives. Is that okay? okay. You know, when we start moving in agreement, then nothing is impossible. Just very quickly, and I finish. Tower of Babel. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastwards, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole world, whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now, that's a negative thing in the sense of God didn't want that to happen because it was a wrong motivation in their lives. But it's also 
on the positive, it's very, very powerful. When we start moving as a people, as a church, when we start moving in unity, when we start moving in synergy, when we start moving in agreement, it's powerful. When we start speaking the same language, we have the same vision, we move together on the same page, start singing from the same page, it's powerful, same vision, same power, same kingdom vision that we have for, for this church. When we agree with heaven together, nothing would be impossible. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's building his church and the, and, the, and, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But that's with people who are moving together as one. He has such a destiny for your life. He has such a destiny for our church together. Come on, let's have nothing in the way. Let's have nothing hijack what God is doing in our midst because it's way too valuable. So many people are being touched. It scares me a little. I was talking to somebody in Holland the other day, and they was talking about me. He said, oh, Gideon, you know, you as a leader should do this. And they had a whole story asking me questions about certain things. And so, oh, you're influencing this nation. I mean, the thing, and I think, me, you know? And I think like, yes, we have a lot of influence. Many people say even our church, it may not be that big, but our influence is actually quite big. Now, the thing is, though, with influence becomes responsibility. So we start, make sure that we keep Talking together. That's why it's so important to do our relational thing right now. Because as we get bigger, we also need to get smaller because we need to be in life groups. All of you, all of us together need to be in a life group doing life with somebody. Being accountable to somebody. Being encouraged to somebody. Because it's very important that we stay like this connected. Because if you are disconnected, then the enemy can take you out. Because you can become self-referencing and then you hear something on the Facebook about that. Oh, and more and more you get drawn into your whole thing and then you find somebody else who agrees with you and you have a little church, you know, somewhere in the corner, somewhere, completely impotent, but you're kind of self-referencing, you love each other, but it's going absolutely nowhere. That is not the church of Jesus Christ. Deal with your issues, talk to the pastors and get in line and get in sync with what God is doing, this church or whatever church uh, people belong to us, fine. But don't start undermining the things. It says here, let's harmonize. Let's symphonize. Let's synchronize. Again, I tell you, verse 19, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever they may ask that will come to pass by my Father in heaven. You know, it's beautiful when people sing in harmony. Remember before? The singers here, they sing in harmony. And it's so beautiful. There's something so heavenly about harmony. There's so, and, and symphony, you love the symphony? We went to the symphony orchestra a while back. You may not agree, but we went to the, all, the, all the things of, of 007, all the theme songs of 007 symphonic orchestra, right? It was amazing. That was amazing, you know? But, but they're so loud, for one. Some people have problems with the sound in the morning. We're trying to, by the way, fix sound and trying to get it better for some of you who struggle with the sound. But the thing is, though, you know, you go to the symphony orchestra, it is so loud at times. But it's so beautiful because everybody is synchronizing together. Everybody's got this little part to play. It is so incredibly powerful. It's like the sound of heaven like this. And there are no off notes anywhere. Because we agree, we're playing from the same music, we're singing from the same song sheet. Unless somebody is doing their own thing. Or they're being a bit rebellious and say, I'm going to do this thing. And suddenly in the middle of this beautiful piece, you hear, and think, what is that? Or the drum beat goes completely off. Man, that would ruin the 
words, we are called to walk together, to march together as an army with the same beat, the same drum, all together. It is so incredibly powerful. The move of God that I believe and we believe, there's been prophetic words or whatever, that we are in and we're coming into, it is so important that it is harnessed and protected by unity, that is harnessed and protected by our harmony and by our agreement together. We're going to walk together in agreement. We're going to walk together even with the prophetic words. God speaks his word through his word, the Bible, but also God speaks prophetic words to us. He spoke a lot of prophetic words to our church. We're going to look at those prophetic words. We're going to, as leaders, we're going to test those words, and then we're going to speak them into our, into our church because it's God speaking right now into where he wants to take us right now. And we start marching together. We need to pray together. We need to sing together. We need to worship together. We need to prophesy together. We need to laugh together. We need to cry together. We need to agree together. We need to fight together. We need to stand together. And we need to move together as one army. In Jesus' name. Move together as one army in Jesus. Living in harmony so we can see the kingdom come. We stay in our lane. Harmony Church has got a particular call in our lives, and we're going to run that lane. We are not other churches. We are our church. Other churches are great, and they've got their lane. We have our lane. And if you're called to our church, I suggest we link arms, and we're going to go into our lane, and we're going to go for it. We're going to love other churches because we honor everybody, but we have our lane to run in the same way that you personally have your own lane to run. Amen? We've got all of our lanes to run. Can the band come up, please? I'm almost done. For where two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers, in unity there that I am, is in the midst of them. You know, I'm overwhelmed that the I am is right here. He's in us, but there's also a manifest presence when we come together in agreement. There is an activation, there's a manifest presence, there's, a, there's, there's more of his presence come when two or three or three hundred are together, together, gathered. When we harmonize together, when we symphonize together, when we synchronize together, something happens. There's nothing like the church. I love coming together like this in the church. Come on, let's have heaven touch us right now. Let's have the great I am touches right now because he's here he's here his spirit is blowing right here let's start agreeing with the word of God let's start agreeing with the words of God let's agree with heaven let's start permitting the stuff that God really wants to permit in the earth and let's start forbidding the stuff that he really wants forbidden in the earth. One of the big things in my life was this whole thing of fear. It crippled me for many, many years. Maybe some of you, I think it's really a big one, particularly after the earthquakes and after the um, shootings and fear, anxiety. We're going to knock this on the head this morning. Actually, it's interesting that um, when Samuel Rodriguez preached the other day in the town hall, he really felt from God that 
that um, that now should be the end of paralyzation, being paralyzed by fear and things like that. And that we would, as a church in our city, the, the whole church, would come into 10 years of revival of this great things of God. We can't carry fear into this because it's going to paralyze you. It's going to paralyze us. If you have anything in this area, anxiety, fear, crippling, I would like you to stand. I'd like to stand up right now because what I want to do, I want to proclaim some things over our lives together. I'm standing already because I still have some fear in my life too. And I want to proclaim what God says over me. So let's stand together the ones He said, I want to fall out of agreement with fear. It says in the Bible, it says in 2 Timothy 1.17, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. It's amazing, isn't it? That some of the things we talked about this morning is perfect love, the power of the Holy Spirit, and also a sound mind. What is working between your ears. I want you to repeat. We're going to say some stuff because we're going to believe right now we're going to deal with this fear in our lives. In Jesus' name. I want you to repeat. I disagree with you, fear. Get out of my life. Get out of my family. Get out of my mind and my emotions. Get out of my home. Get out of my workplace. And get out of my tomorrow in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We fall out with agreement, with fear. No longer be part of our lives. Now let's open your heart and your mind. Maybe just lift your hands to the Lord as a sign of receiving from Him. Let's receive now from heaven His perfect love, His power, and a sound mind, the mind of Christ. Father, thank you for the mind of Christ. We thank you for the promises that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us perfect love. Father, thank you that you've given us a peace that surpasses all of our own understanding. Lord, you say in your word in Isaiah 26, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And this morning we declare we trust in you. Let's say it together. We trust in you. We agree with you. We agree with you and your word. And we thank you for setting us free this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you believe it? Just receive it. We're going to just declare it in a song. It's a great song. We're no longer slaves to fear. Let's sing that chorus for a moment and mean it. What you're doing right now is you're abandoning fear. The hold of fear over some of our lives. You say no to it. You forbid it into your life. And you permit the love of God and the peace of God to come into your life right now. Come on, let's sing the song together. We are no longer slaves to fear because I am a child of God. I am a child of God.